was fun. Hey, welcome to Center Point Church. I'm so glad you're here. You can take a seat. And man, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm glad we're able to enjoy our time of celebrating Christmas together. If you're new with us, my name is John. I'm lead pastor here. Hope you're having a good Christmas already. And since we're already just kind of having a little bit of fun, you know, I had a, a staff Christmas party a couple of weeks ago. And I forgot that it was one of those parties where you're supposed to show up wearing a funny Christmas sweater. And so I was that guy that showed up in like just a, in like a black shirt at the fun, happy, funny Christmas sweater party. I was the Grinch. But I do want to set the record straight. I actually do own a nice, uh, funny Christmas sweater. And this is the proof of it. I do have it. I, th this is the proof of it. There you go. There's the proof of it. And yes, it does say bah humbug. Maybe I'm a little bit that guy. Anyway. But there's been some crazy Christmas sweaters out there uh, this year in particular. I noticed a few of them. Uh, like, for example, you could get the gingerbread guy, you know, you want a piece of me? And yes, I do. And, or you could get the uh, Santa's Twerk Shop. Uh, yeah, yeah, Santa's Twerk Shop. <laughs> Moving right along. Or you could, you know, everyone likes St. Nicholas and everyone likes Nicholas Cage. But you could get the St. Nicholas Caged. Christmas sweater. It's awesome. Or uh, it wouldn't be 2021 without somebody saying, hey, fake, fake trees, fake trees, fake trees. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, no, that wrong one. There it is. There it is. Moving right along, moving right along. And then lastly, you got the, the guy that says, hey, Santa's fake news. And I don't know about you, but I enjoy a good, uh, funny Christmas sweater. I wonder if any of you, did anybody come for the, the first Three people that raise their hand right now that have a good, funny, crazy Christmas sweater on, uh, you get a little prize, a little gift. Anyone? Anyone? Right here? Oh, yeah. The Santa costume qualifies. You can keep your hand up. You get one right here in the front, right here in the middle. What did you stand up? I want to see what you're rocking. It's Santa dancing. That's fun. All right. One more. Who else? Somebody on this side of the room, way over on this side, way over here. Stand up. What you got? What is that? A dinosaur dressed up for Christmas. You get a prize. Well done. Come on, give it up for the funky Christmas sweater. That's a good time. That's a good time. You know, I love moments like what we are experiencing right now. Uh, all of a sudden, our, our hearts shift a little bit, and, and we start feeling a little bit lighter, and we're laughing, and we're experiencing some happiness, and, and, and I'm grateful that we get to have those moments. And I, I love those moments of lightness and laughter and happiness. But at the same time, I know that my soul within me craves something deeper than that. Because even if I didn't say it out loud, what I also know is that what we just experienced is good, but it, it could go away really easily, <laughs> right? It, it's fleeting. And deep down, my soul craves something that's a little less temporary, a little more lasting, a little bit more eternal. And what we're really craving and what Christmas really offers us the opportunity to receive is something that fits the bill. And that something is called joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. And I want us to take a little bit of time and, and open up the scriptures to, uh, together today. We're going to look at the message in, uh, in Luke chapter 2. And as you're turning to Luke chapter 2, this is Christmas. At the right time, God, God himself came into this world in human form was born a baby, coming right into the middle of it all, in a, in a little Middle Eastern country, born into a working class family, and came into the middle of it all, born as a 
baby. I, I want to just share this. As you're thinking about this, you know, we have a, a member of our team at, at Centerpoint who recently had a baby. And uh, because of the way, you know, child care works out and stuff, uh, at least one day a week she needs to bring her baby to work. And all of us are totally fine with that. And what happens, though, every week when it's that day when Christina brings her baby to work is that everybody's trying to be serious and do serious work type things. But then we see the baby and we go, oh, and the hearts just melt automatically. And you can't even help it. You just want to reach out and, and ooh, and, and you want to hold that baby. You want to receive that baby. You want to uh, let there be a place for that baby in your arms if you can. And when I think about the birth of Jesus... God choosing to enter into this time and space continuum. And you think about all the different ways he could have done it. And he could have done it like Marvel or DC Comics fashion. He could have. Could have just been like this grand, like glowing creature, like you know, fully strong or whatever. But instead, God chose to come into the time-space continuum as a baby. And I wonder if maybe it's because he wanted for you and I to... To, to be able to have something in our heart that's a little bit like the way our team members feel when Christina brings her baby to work. Like you just almost can't even help it but to go, ah, oh, I want to receive. And we even sing about it, right? Let every heart receive him room. We sing that. It's one of the Christmas carols. And at Christmas, we have an opportunity to recognize God's desire to be received. Born as a baby, ready to be received but ultimately so that we can be rescued. I want us to take the time to come into the scriptures together, Luke chapter 2, and we'll just jump in right at verse 8. The angels came to give definition to what had happened in the birth of baby Jesus, just in case people didn't know exactly quite what was going on. So in verse 8, it says this. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. In verse 9, Luke 2, 9 says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, and read this out loud with me. Ready, go. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. One more time, say that again. Ready, go. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Earlier this week, we were doing some uh, stuff around the house and had some Christmas music playing in the background and, uh, and we were wrapping Christmas presents. And what I really mean by that was my wife, Anne, was wrapping Christmas presents, and I was eating snacks, <laughs> and, and uh, we're singing songs, and, and one of the songs came on, and we're just humming, singing along with it, Gloria, take a breath, in excelsis Deo, and then uh, one of the members of my family said, uh, what, what language is that that, that that we're singing right there? And, and I said, oh, that's, that's Latin. And... Uh, and uh, she's, this person said, uh, well, who, who invented Latin? 
And I said, oh, it was the Romans. And I think she said something like, are you sure it wasn't the Latinos? And I said, they get a credit for a lot, but they don't get credit for that. And uh, then she said, well, what does it mean? And I said, it's actually a line from the passage that we're looking at right now. It is exactly what those angels said. Gloria in excelsis Deo. It's when the angels said, glory to God in the highest heaven. And that is one of the things that we get to declare at Christmas. I think any day is a good day to say glory to God. But I think Christmas is an especially good day to say glory to God. I want you to just say it out loud with me. Glory to God. Come on, everybody, even outside or at home online, say it with me one more time. Go. Glory to God. We get to sing it in the Christmas carol, but we get to live it out with our lives. But I want you to catch what these angels said. And for just a moment, let me take you back uh, to the last part of verse 10, where it said, I bring good news. Those angels said this phrase, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. Would you say that with me one time? Say it. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I love that the angels came and said that. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. But you got to understand something. Th those angels are speaking to real human beings. They were shepherds, and the people that the shepherds were going to bring that message to. And they were living at a time when their country had been taken over by the Roman Empire. And, and so they're living in a dark time of oppression, where around every corner there's military forces from another country oppressing them. They're living in a time when the financial reality of life was totally bleak. All of their money was going to Caesar, to another country. They were being pillaged almost by the taxation of the Roman Empire. There was famine that had been going through. This was a difficult time for people in Israel at this particular moment when those angels said those words. Good news, great joy, all the people. And I wonder if maybe, maybe it's important to recognize something. That a lot of us came to church, celebrate Christmas, but even though this time that we are, are, are celebrating is called so much joy, a lot of us came in with some stuff. I mean, the truth is that a lot of us have things going on in our lives that aren't all, all that awesome. We've got stuff going on with our family members and some of us things going on in our physical bodies. Others of us, there's stuff in our relationships, and, and others, there's things happening at work. And maybe we're not that much different than the people that were uh, there with those shepherds and, and around that area, living in a time where there's a lot of uncertainty, there's difficulty, there's challenges. But nevertheless, the angels burst into the scene saying, good news, great joy, all the people. And I want you to just say those three phrases with me. Just say it. Good news, good news. great joy. All the people. Come on. Good news. Great joy. All the people. Way up in the back, I don't hear you say it. Good news. Great joy. All the people. And I do believe that what those angels spoke at that particular time resonates right down to this very moment now. Especially the part about all the people. I mean, when you really think about it, the angels are saying there's good news of great joy for all the people. And do you know who all the people is? Us. Us, right here. I don't think that those shepherds even had a clue how big this vision was that God had that was being spoken by these angels. 
good news, great joy, all the people, all the people. And they might have been thinking, all the people, like the people over by the Sea of Galilee? Because we're over here near Bethlehem. All the people, maybe even all the way down by Jerusalem. And these angels are bringing this message. God had a vision that all the people, including you and me, would have a way to access real and lasting joy. And we get to receive that today. Somebody say amen. We get to receive that today. And we get to live in that. So this is this time of year where uh, we greet one another with a, a special greeting that we, that we only say at this particular time of year. We, we say to each other something like this. Hey, have an average Christmas. And have, have a decent Christmas, okay? Hey, have a funky Christmas, all right? Hey, have a scary Christmas, okay? Hey, uh, 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 strange Christmas to you, all right? Is that what we say? Now, what do we say? I want a, fi a fifth grader to tell me the answer. What do we say? Eh? Get your hand up. What do we say? That's right. We say Merry Christmas. And it's, it's interesting, right? It's a word that we reserve for this time of year. When else do you find yourself talking about Mary? You don't go someone and say, hey, hey, Merry Halloween. <laughs> Merry Fourth of July to you. We just don't. We reserve that phrase for Christmas. Why? Because even our collective understanding, even through the way language has been passed down to us, we've come to recognize there's something about this that's just different. And it goes to a deeper place. And Mary is a little different from joy, but it's in the right neighborhood. And so I want us to understand something about this word joy. And I want you to catch the heart of God for your life, even in what those angels said, that there's a way to have great joy. It's a particular invitation. The invitation isn't that there's going to be great happiness. That would be a little different. This is deeper. Happiness is good. We like happiness. I like to be happy. But happiness is dependent on things happening just the way I want them to, or in the way that feels good to me. And, and I like that. I think it's awesome when it does, but God has something that can sustain us and carry us even through the moments where things aren't happening exactly the way we want to. And I want to just take a minute and talk about why this is good news that brings great joy to all the people, including you and me. Let me just give you four reasons why it's good news. Are you with me on that? Four reasons for why it's good news? Okay, well, I heard two people say so, so I'm, I'm going to go for it. The first reason is simply this, that it's good news because I can experience God's peace. I can experience God's peace. And when I'm living in a time where it feels like the world is on meltdown, this matters more than ever. That I can experience God's peace. I want you to just say it like it's possible for you too. Say it with me. I can experience God's peace. I, even though there are pressures related to my job, there's a deadline and there's a project that has to get done and there's a, a boss I'm dealing with or my company is, is, is struggling or whatever. Whatever the case might be, I can still experience God's peace. And it's because of who Jesus is. 
We, we already heard this one time in this experience together, but let me remind you of the prophet Isaiah in his words. When he was envisioning spiritually the birth of the Messiah, Jesus, he said, you need to know this. This is what is true about this Messiah, Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6, is this for to us, a child is born, a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called, why don't you say it out loud with me, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is Jesus. These are definitions of who he is, identifiers of who he is. His nature, his character, his essence are in the words of the prophet Isaiah, and he is Prince of Peace. And I can have great joy because I know the Messiah who is Prince of Peace. And he gives me a peace that goes beyond my circumstances. He gives me a peace that allows me to experience an inner calm even when a storm is raging. He gets into my spirit and he changes the atmosphere and he calls the anxiety to a still, just like he spoke to a storm and called it to a still. And he invites me to experience his peace. And then he gives me his spirit and I get to live with his spirit inside of me and his spirit produces something called the fruit of the spirit. And one of the aspects of the fruit of the spirit is peace. I get to experience God's peace and I'm grateful. It gives me great joy. Even in the middle of, of things that are happening that aren't quite right and aren't the way I want them to be, I experience God's peace. That's possible because of the birth of Jesus Messiah. I can experience God's peace. But you know why else it's good news? Because I can live in God's light. I can live in God's light. I think all of us share something in common, and that is that we face moments and times when when we don't know what's going on or even which way to go or, or where it feels like there's just darkness coming at us from the left and the right. But if we know Jesus, we know the light of God personally. Do you know John, who wrote one of the Gospels, when he described Christmas, he put it in very different terms. He didn't mention anything about a nativity scene and, and, and Mary and Joseph and angels. He didn't even say any of that. But what he did say was this. In, in the beginning of John, he said, I'll tell you what Christmas is about. And he wrote these words in John 1.9. He said, this is what Christmas was. The one who is true light, who gives light to everyone. It's coming into the world. That's a description of Christmas that catches my attention. That the one who is light and gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And so Christmas is good news because that means when I receive Jesus, I'm receiving the one who is the light and I get to live in God's light. And so when I come to those moments where uh, I'm, I'm dealing with a valley and I'm not sure how I'm going to make it, I believe that God's light is shining, that God's light is shining for me and allowing me to see the way I can live in God's light. That's good news. That's good news. Somebody say, that's good news. That's good news. I'm not stuck in darkness. I get the light of God shining in the middle of those dark passages of my life. But let me, let me share this scripture with you. Matthew 1, 23. It said that the angel spoke and said, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message, which was given through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. 
And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Everybody say, God is with us. This is part of the mystery and miracle of Christmas, is that God did not want to be thought of as a distant kind of a clockmaker deity, like as though uh, God would just be the one who sort of wound up the, the thing and then started it and went far away. Now, God wanted to be known so much so that he comes into, into our time and into the middle of whatever it is that we're dealing with and he allows himself to be identified and this is what he's called, Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with us. Say it with me, God is with us and that has an implication. The implication of that is that I get to live differently and I'm never alone. And I'm able to prosper because of the presence of God. If that brings me joy, I can prosper in God's presence. That is a third reason why this is good news. I can prosper in God's presence. Would you say that with me? I can prosper in God's presence. I know that I'm not alone. I know that, that I am accompanied. I know that I am walking side by side with my Savior, Jesus. And Jesus said these words in Matthew 28. In, he said it to me and he said it to you. He said, I'm surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I'm not alone. I'm not forsaken. He's with me. God is with us. And the fourth reason why Christmas is good news of great joy for all the people is that I can be saved from my sin. I can be saved from my sin. Would you say that one with me? Say it. I can be saved from my sin. And I know we didn't come uh, to church today hoping to hear a whole lot about sin. Or did you? Did you? <laughs> not, all the, not all of us uh, do, but, but it's important to me. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Have you, ever, have you ever, raise your hand if you've ever told a lie of any kind. Have you ever told a lie, something that wasn't true? What about this? Have you ever taken something that wasn't yours? Have you ever stolen something? I mean, you, used to, you took one of the pens at the bank and they didn't want you to, but you just, uh, uh, see? What we're getting at here is an acknowledgement that we aren't perfect. And I know we'll throw that phrase around sometimes, won't we? We'll say, well, I'm not perfect and nobody's perfect, right? And we think that that gives us an okay. But really, God has spoken from all eternity through his word. And his vision for humanity was that we would live with such utter and complete and total goodness that there would be no brokenness, no pain, no shame, no guilt. But that got destroyed in the Garden of Eden and sin entered the human story. And God established a way for that sin to be dealt with. And he sent the Savior to be the way that sin would get dealt with. All of those things that you hope nobody finds out about that have happened in your past or may even be going on in your present. That's sin. And it has to be dealt with. And God's idea is that there is a way for it to be dealt with, and it is through Jesus. Matthew 1.21, it said, she will have a son. This is the angel speaking to Joseph. She will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. Read the last part out loud with me. Go. For he will save his people from their sins. That's God's idea. That we would be saved from 
our sins. That we wouldn't have to be wandering around trying to figure out, how can I pay for my sins? That we wouldn't have to be living our days going, man, I'm in trouble. I'm definitely in trouble with the big guy upstairs because of what I did. I can't shake it. I have nothing but guilt about it. What do I do? Maybe if I go uh, help the homeless people, maybe then I'll get enough good chips with the big guy. None of that works. The way that you experience the freedom that God has in mind is by being saved from your sins, by the one who is called Savior. Name him Jesus because he will save his people from our sins. Do you know that the name Jesus in Hebrew is said this way, Yeshua? Why don't you say his name the way that the, the original people that saw him would have said it. Say Yeshua. Yeshua. This name, Yeshua, it literally means God saves. And from the very beginning, God had in mind a way for you and I to be saved from our sin. I'll give you a picture. A couple years ago, as a family, we went down to South Florida and uh, we were visiting my sister there, and we rented a boat one day to go out into the Florida Everglades. That's this, these beautiful, warm, uh, sort of shallow intercoastal waterways, and, and we were renting this boat and going around into these little coves and marinas, and we came into this one little cove or marina area, and we saw this beautiful brown pelican. And he was in the water, but he was, he was not moving right. And he was struggling. And I think I got a picture of him, but uh, he didn't look quite right. He was uh, seemingly bound up. You guys could put that picture up for me. Uh, I want you to see it. There you go. And, and we got closer to this bird, and we recognized that, that there was a problem with it. And this local guy, we asked, hey, what do we do? And he said, hey, it's going to die unless you want to go rescue it. So he said, hey, could you get in the boat and help us? Because we've never done that before. And we went over towards that uh, pelican, and, and then uh, I think we got some footage of what we were doing that you can start playing, but um, we, we got up close to it and brought it onto the boat, and I asked my son to hold the beak. Toby was holding the beak of that bird, and this bird was struggling against us. When we first came to that bird, it was trying to get away from us. It was afraid of us. And then when we started grabbing hold of it, it got even more afraid. But what we were doing was getting that fishing line that was tied and knotted all around him, getting it off of him. And he was struggling against it because he didn't know what we were doing. And he was flapping against us, but we got that fishing line that was strangling him off of him. And he swam free. He swam free. And ultimately, ultimately, he took back to the skies and began soaring like he was intended to. You could take that one down. That's actually a stock photo footage. I, could, I, I couldn't find the picture of where he actually started flying. You can take that down. It's embarrassing that I'm showing stock photos up here. But the moment was real. I want you to know that. But can I just say this to you? I wonder if maybe some of us are a little bit like that brown pelican. We have something that is, is strangling us. And it's sin. And then God begins to come our way. And maybe a little bit like that brown pelican, we get a little bit afraid. We don't know what God is all about. Church, God, faith, religion, what is all of this? I don't know, and I, I want to go the other way. But really, God's intention in coming your way is to set you free, is to break you free from the stranglehold of sin so you can soar in this life with his hope, with his power, with his joy, and ultimately find yourself for all eternity in God's presence in heaven one day. And, and this is what we get to experience. We get to be saved from our sin. 
And I want you to hear that today, that you can be saved from your sin. If you're a believer in Jesus, you have been saved from your sin, past, present, and future. And yes, he wants to empower you to rise up in more and more freedom, and he's doing that for every one of us. But for some of us, you need to receive the gift of, of Jesus untangling you from the web of sin. He can do it, and he'll do it today. But this is what Jesus said about it. Jesus said these words about his own mission in this world. In John 3, 16, he put it like this. He said, this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. And the world is, is people. It's people like you and me that would finally just acknowledge, you know, I'm not perfect. But it's more than just I'm not perfect. It's that I really do have a, a shadow side. And I really do have an experience that is called sin where I'm not hitting the mark of what God would call a right and noble and good life. And I actually can't do that without God's help. It's about coming to a moment where once and for all, I would do what Jesus said. And again, in John 3, 16, this is his word. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. Read the next part out loud with me. Go. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Everyone who, who believes in him, who believes. I'm so grateful for Jesus that he set the bar right where I could get to it. He didn't say, okay, this is how it works. Everyone who finally does enough good deeds and proves that they deserve my grace can finally get a little tiny bit of it. <laughs> no, Jesus put it right where we could actually access it. He said, whoever, whosoever, or in this translation, everyone who believes. Believing is about have a mo having a moment where something inside shifts. Where once and for all, you move from going, nah, 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 all that God stuff is not for me, it's for someone else, to crossing the line to saying, no, I'm, I'm ready to recognize that, that I need God's grace, that I want to receive this gift of eternal life that Jesus spoke about. It's about coming to a, a spiritual awakening on a personal level where you're finally able to say, I don't want to live for all eternity in torment and hell apart from God after I die. I want to go to heaven. And I receive, and I want to receive that gift of eternal life through Jesus. Believing is about a posture of your heart changing from apathy about, I don't care about God, I don't care about Jesus, to I do want to receive his gift and I believe him for it. His gift of the forgiveness of my sins. His gift of the peace that passes understanding. His gift of his own presence to carry me through this life. His gift of his light shining into the darkness so that I can see the way. This is what's available for every single one of us. If you're a believer, you know Jesus. Right now, I want you to just say, thank you, Jesus. Just say it with me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me, forgiving me, loving me, and giving me eternal life. Because at just the right time, he came to the rescue. But for somebody else, I think this is just the right time for you. He's coming to the rescue. And what remains is for you to have a moment where once and for all, you would simply say, 
Jesus, I want your gift. I want to receive your Christmas present to me, your gift of salvation. So I'd like us to just take a moment and pray together. And for some of us as believers, it's just one more moment to say again in prayer, thank you, Jesus, for loving me and coming into this world for me and saving me. You could just pray with me in that way. Jesus, thank you for loving me and coming into this world to save me and give me hope and heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for coming for me out of your love and goodness. Thank you, Jesus. And now, God, I pray in this moment you would do a spiritual awakening for some of us. And while we're praying together, I wonder if maybe you could acknowledge something. That you do need the forgiveness of your sins. That you can't shake the guilt and the shame that you've struggled with. And you can't fix yourself spiritually. And you've, you've tried different kinds of ways and it hasn't worked. And maybe in this moment you could finally acknowledge that and receive the one who can change everything for you for all eternity, and it's Jesus. And while we're praying together, if you are in a spot right now of, of willingness and readiness to once and for all say, Jesus, I want to ask you to forgive my sins. I want to be saved from my sins. If in this moment you would be willing to say, I want that gift of eternal life that Jesus Christ offers. I want to receive his gift of salvation. I want to be saved from my sins. If that's you and you're here right now in person or online, you're in this moment with me and you want to ask Jesus to forgive you and save your life, right now I want you to raise up your hand with me. Just raise it right now as your way of once and for all finally saying, I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sins and save my life. I want you to raise your hand and connect with me in this moment. We're going to pray together that God would do his saving work in our lives. In the back, I see you. And if there's anyone else, I don't want to miss you. And if you're watching online, you just type it in and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. And then pray with me in this moment and say, Jesus, I believe in you. Would you forgive my sins and save my life? I give you my my mind, body, soul, and spirit, all that I am, Jesus, I'm yours. And I receive in this moment your gift of eternal life. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. And every believer with me, would you just simply pray and say, Jesus Christ, thank you for coming for me. Just say it. Jesus Christ, thank you for coming for me. Every believer, would you lift your voice and say, Jesus Christ, I adore you. Just say it. Jesus Christ, I adore you. You're the source of my joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We adore you. We adore you.